This world is a mirage. This girl is a god they told was not. One with herself, so she withered away, slipping her remains in a glass castle placed on pedestals simply as something to lust after. Well, at least she's magnificent, they'd say. A beautiful display, but this play was scripted by monstrous hands with such demand she worked herself saw into a cage with an open door, sworn never to give herself permission to leave. See, the mind of a victim is a dangerous thing. Couldn't see that she could be free. Was too busy parading for everyone else or praising everyone outside of herself or searching the shells for material things, not knowing she herself had the power to materialize was told lies by serial thieves, thieves, crafty masters of the mind, and mind her mind for gold, so she figured there was nothing left to behold in her soul. She couldn't see, she held treasure chest for bones, her mind full of mystery, a story often left untold, a map of merchandise, so they sold her back to herself piece by piece, even the shape of her vessel was policed, and to please her master well, she made use of herself or whatever it was she felt she had left after they used her as slave till job was done but once set free unknowingly mistook those same chains for gold got hooked under laws and couldn't find a loophole plus the air from outside was too cold she constantly craved warrant preferring it neutral She's a collection of bad habits with a toolkit full of talent. She's brilliantly magnificent and tremendously shy. So she keeps all these things locked inside a child's mind. What a beautiful place to hide and seek. They sought her out like hunting game. But this is Chestnut Checkers and she's been above it all just for the record. But they retorted the recording system built walls for the worst, not the better. Meant she'd be lost in the maze, tossed in a cage. Yet again was she going insane was she not made to know she was worthy of more and that that worth alone would attain instead waiting again for permission standing in lines for her blessing bending on knees in desperation wishing wavering wanting not choosing to have faith in self not choosing to have faith not choosing to have not choosing not knowing that the goal was her mind and that she could uncover all the things she'd been dying to find was inside of her the entire time, well I guess, as long as breath exits chest and with the use of that mind, unblind, redefine herself as God again. Oh, yeah, that was a piece I wrote this year, 2020, long time coming though, pretty sure some of those lines I grabbed from some of my random rough drafts and, and things over the past few years, but uh, this piece has just been a long time coming. It's pretty short. It's one of my shorter pieces. Uh, it just really means a lot to me. And the reason why? Well, I mean, I feel like it speaks to so many women today. 
especially women of color, black women, you know, we all have so much potential. We are very, very powerful and influential beings, you know, and I feel like a lot happens in life and we become or we express ourselves less and less. I mean, you know, it's it's 2020 women are doing their thing and everything, but there's still a lot of shrinking ourselves going on in our relationships and our families everywhere, even at church. And I feel like underneath all of it all, underneath all the makeup and the fancy hairstyles and even the smiles, we all are dealing with things as far as insecurities, low self-esteem, low self-worth, just because of the environment that we find ourselves in today. It's toxic, y'all, but I ain't even gotta tell y'all that. Y'all know, okay? I just really love to express myself in poetry form. Um, Words. It's beautiful. I love it. So my story here is about a girl who just finds herself in in a story in a world you know in a movie depiction basically where things aren't really as they seem and everyone's comfortable wearing masks everyone's happy to put up fronts on social media and elsewhere to gain attention, to gain love, things that we naturally desire. And there's, you know, nothing wrong with desiring that. I just feel that true love comes when you really learn to love yourself and you're not looking for anyone really to pick you up and tell you who you are. You have to define yourself. You have to redefine yourself. You have to recreate yourself have to tear yourself apart and put yourself back together because who else is going to do it who's gonna do it the way it should be done for you only you can create the you that you want to see you know when you look in the mirror are you truly proud of yourself or do you feel fake do you feel phony do you feel unimpressed with yourself Do you know, do you think that, do you look at yourself and say, I know I can do better than this? Because I feel my higher self speaks to me uh, constantly. And she's like, girl, do better. Do better, period. There's nothing else, there's nothing else to say. Now we can play the victim, we can... You know, obviously we've been wrong. We've been wronged by all of society, even our counterpart, even the black man, right? But does that give us an excuse to stay where we are, to remain unchanged? And even after going through the fire and all the trials and tribulations, where do you want to end up at the end of that? Do you want that all to 
cause you to be bitter and take on this mindset of, oh, I'm a victim. They did this to me. Yes, that is true. But what I've learned is to start taking things that happen to me and the things that the universe brings into my life as nothing but lessons. And just choosing to stay calm and not overreact, not get into my feelings, not throw a pity party because, you know, and that's even with the good things, like when good things come, even when bad things come, you know, just remain calm. Life is life. It's meant to be peaceful for the most part. Chaos will come. Chaos will come. Ruin will come. A lot of things will come to try to snatch your sense of worth, your sense of being. You'll lose yourself in trying to be a mother, and trying to be a girlfriend, a wife, a church lady, abolitionist, a revolutionary. All these things we want to be, you know, a doctor, a lawyer. But underneath all those labels, underneath those rules, responsibilities, and duties, who are you? And have you lost yourself? Have you become something that you are unfamiliar with, that you are uncomfortable with? And, you know, I've noticed that a lot about myself, especially lately doing meditations and daily, daily reflections. They're vital to gain a footing again, to stay grounded. You know, stay grounded in who you are and who you want to be. Stay true to yourself. You know, a lot happened in my life. I um, I have a four-year-old, you know, and when I first got pregnant, uh, it was a complete and utter shock. Me and my husband at the time, we were not planning to have a child. We had agreed to wait, but also I was ignorant, you know, young, and was not even practicing uh, any sort of birth control techniques. I kind of just trusted in his uh, pullout game, (laughs) which he admitted to later. Basically, he wanted to have a child. He he thought we were at a good space in our lives. He, He thought He thought that, whatever that means, he thought that we were on the same page, even though he had not communicated these desires of wanting to be a father. We were both living check to check. He was barely keeping a job, steady uh, employment. And we were living in a studio apartment on the east side of Milwaukee. And the man thought this was the time to have a child. And I was flabbergasted baffled uh you know I was just over it (laughs) I went to the doctor and even when she told me I was pregnant I didn't believe her I said this can't be you would not possibly go this far I was planning not planning but our marriage from day one was rocky it was it was a really rash decision you know and I did feel a bit guilt tripped into it Our first time going to attempt to get married at the courthouse in Chicago. We went, okay, we didn't have much support. We had people saying, wait, wait till after college, wait till mid-college, just wait. And we weren't hearing it. 
We were about 18, 19. We weren't hearing it. We just got out of high school. We were living our best lives. We thought we were on top of the world. We said, this is Bonnie and Clyde, okay? It's me and you against them because they hate him. Everyone's hating, you know? <laughs> You're a teenager. You just assume that everyone is out to get you and everyone hates you. And everyone wants to stop you from doing what you want to do and what you should do which is not true you know you have people in your life who genuinely love and care for you you should uh take heed to their words you should <laughs> respect the people around you respect their opinions to a certain degree like they just want the best for you hopefully you know hopefully they have good intentions but usually when two people who don't even have a savings account graduate and think that the best move is to jump right into a marriage and your friends and family say uh-uh pump the brakes that's that's wise counsel you know but uh you know love is love and love pays the bills but it doesn't but uh we were hoping that love would pay the bills we were hoping that somehow things would fall together even though we didn't take steady counseling he was dealing with his demons and family issues I was trying to get away from my family I was I had got approved to go to a Christian college in Oklahoma Tulsa and I decided not to go because I had on my captain save a nigga I had on my captain save a nigga uh cake and you know what that comes with you know um riding and dying no matter what so we are doing whatever like I felt like loyalty meant staying in Milwaukee, staying and fighting for what I thought was true love, real love, when really it was it was just both of us trying to escape, using each other as in a way in a way escapism. And I feel that is what that was what that was, you know. Uh, we were high school sweethearts for a year or two. He was a grade ahead of me, and everyone always said, oh, you guys look good together, you guys are cute, and we just, we pretty much stayed together, but we always had the off and on, and off and on, and off and on, again and again, it was ridiculous, and they said, you know, my sister especially, shout out April, she would be like, yo, y'all can't even stay in a relationship, how can y'all stay in a marriage, and I was like, girl with the roll of my neck uh you know like I have seen one too many failed marriages and relationships growing up in my family I've never seen what it looked like for two people to happily stay together and stay together and just not divorce and I feel like I took that as some sort of a challenge to be the first to do that and you know obviously my priorities were fucked up I should have built a foundation for myself went to school got into my craft entrepreneurship some business something okay i will definitely be advising my daughter <laughs> to not make the same mistakes that i did but all in all it was all of the mess like it was a blessing it really made me who i am in the best ways i feel i really took those lessons and turned it into gold like an alchemist or something like it was magical and I am really proud of who I am today I wasn't always proud of myself for years I dealt with uh, insecurities you know being jealous 
spiteful, bitter, depressed, and all of this, you know, after having my own child. Um, so, all of that to get back to the point I was making. <laughs> that, um, so, we got married, and our marriage was rocky from day one. It was bad. I wanted to divorce in the first year. <laughs> I know my pastor at the time wanted me to, he was advising me to go and get an annulment, and I didn't know how I felt about that, um, I'm like, don't pastors supposed to promote, uh, staying together once married, isn't this, you know, God's, um, blessing is over this, and he does not want you to, uh, fumble it at this point, what does, what does the scripture say? What God has brought together, let no man put asunder and I said I, I won't even let the pastor do it I don't care man of God <laughs> I just thought I always knew better and in our relationship I was more of the leader he would follow I feel like in every instance he was more of a beta male and I was the alpha I would even pay the bills I would uh, figure everything out with Anani my child uh, I was just handling everything, really. <laughs> and meanwhile, the man was, you know, I feel he was, he was, uh, he had multiple accounts of infidelity and only admitted to maybe one or two. Uh, and that's when I knew this ain't it, okay? This ain't it at all. There's no honesty here. There's no loyalty I felt I was given it 100% and he did not share that same energy and I wanted to save it because you know I decided and I made that commitment to marry the man and I don't take marriage lightly you know even being that young I thought you know we just have to stick it out we have to we just we really have to how could we give up and we're pregnant now so my two failed attempts at the courthouse um, with him not wanting to sign the papers you know we had split up after I had my daughter I lived I moved out away from him and I really just raised her all alone all all by myself basically in a women's uh a women's dorm it was basically a women's shelter but there was rent to be paid and <laughs> that's ridiculous right but uh yeah, so I just decided to do that because I needed to get away from him. It was very toxic and it was getting uh, too heavy, dark, and abusive on mostly emotional levels. But uh, there was a few accounts where we would be, you know, physically fighting. Uh, he would, I would say some things to him that would cut him deep and he would literally spit on me like <laughs> literally spit coming out of his mouth onto my face and I knew like you know at this point um I'm not trying to go to prison I don't want it to go as far as it you know could go this I don't want this to be a Rihanna and Chris Brown scenario shout out to them uh, you guys are great but I want it better for my daughter I wanted her to be around love and peace and joy you know and me separating from him definitely helped. It definitely helped, but 
and put a lot of strain on me because he felt that I did not need his help now in raising our child. So that was the type he was. He just lacked responsibility and a will to be responsible pretty much on every, uh, on every angle. And it took me a while to realize that I had, I wanted to have hope and faith that one day, you know, he would wake up, be a man, take on his responsibilities, and then maybe we could possibly get back together, <laughs> you know, while the divorce was pending because he would not sign the papers. He actually got up, moved to another city, because he, he, he told me uh, <laughs> that Milwaukee just was not it for him anymore. He could not handle the fact that I did not accept him or wanted to be living with him or be with him in his current state. No matter how toxic and ridiculous our relationship got, he felt that we should always be together. And he felt that if we were not together, that he really didn't have to help me much. And I did not understand that. I did not understand that part. That was the most infuriating thing to hear, especially after being someone who did not necessarily ask for a child at this moment in time. But I am neither pro-choice nor pro-life. I just decided to keep the child. We were married. I um, thought things would turn around. You know, men say, oh, you know, you're pregnant. Oh, I'm going to get on my stuff. I'm going to get on my shit. You're, you're going to see a completely different person. And of course, we believe them every time. Every time. It's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. A woman's love, the faith, the amount of faith and trust and hope she puts on her man is spectacular. We have so much patience and it seems that it is constantly overlooked and then we are called we are ridiculed and called bitter and crazy and toxic when really we just wanted things to be better we wanted the man to do better <laughs> that is all okay you know and we definitely tried we we hung in there for a good three years um we tried some counseling, but he was the type to not want to really open up. He didn't trust other people. He did not want to be vulnerable with others or be consistent um, or proactive in finding help and finding mentors and finding a counselor that maybe he could trust, you know, to share his his pains and frustrations and everything with. We had a lot of miscommunication and, you know, when it gets to yelling constantly at each other, nobody's ever listening. And so at that point, I just knew I just had to separate. I didn't see any other options. We used to go, we used to go to church. We used to go to a church and they would tell us that our marriage was not a mistake, that our marriage was something that God himself ordained. <laughs> I looked at that with intense speculation and confusion and even anger because I'm like do you guys not understand how badly this man treats me and not that I had a complete victim mindset because I knew that you know I wasn't the best the easiest to get along with either because I was not displaying unconditional love I was displaying you know get your shit together do this do that like 
get it together, boo, or or else, you know, threats and insults hurled, thrown his way, shade. But, <laughs> you know, a black woman's tongue is a fierce weapon in battle. And that's definitely something I've been working on. So we went to a church and they said that and I took that as like, maybe I should keep going. Maybe I should keep trying. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe, you know, maybe there's something else I could do. I felt I was giving 95% and he was giving five. And he did not see it for the life of him. But looking back, I just see him as really being immature at that time. And, you know, us getting married was mostly my idea. I brought it up. I brought it up multiple times because I felt that if he wanted me, that he would need to really show that. I was under a very strict Christian mindset at the time. And after a year or two of us dating, we began to have sex and I was not comfortable with being in church, doing ministry, helping the youth, doing poetry, dancing, praise dancing. All the while I was committing fornication at the cribbo and I just, I couldn't. I said, I want to honor God with all of me, my mind, body, and soul. And if this man is serious about me, I need him to show it. <laughs> so, but you know, slim pickings out here and if I could go back and tell myself now, I would tell myself that you are strong, you are brave, you are loving, you're kind, you're sweet, you're generous. You have a pure soul about you. And what I need for you to do is stay focused on yourself. You know, as a Pisces, just a big lover, a big romantic, uh, overly romantic, idealistic type of gal, and with all that comes, with all that, I, I needed more grounding. I needed more people around me who, you know, could really get through to me, like some earth signs or <laughs> no nonsense, logical people who would just really stay on me. Like, focus on yourself. Focus on yourself. You are golden. You are a queen. You are a god. You are whatever you define yourself to be. And at the time, I wanted to just be as some man's wife. That's what I wanted. I wanted to be a wife. And that's what I pursued. Definitely with someone I don't feel was deserving of me. But again, I, I felt called, <laughs> called by God himself to save this man from his, his past, his, his demons, all the things, all the pain. You know, I thought I could be his healing. But... I've just learned a lot from that situation about how you can't force anyone to change. You can't even force them to heal and you cannot force them to look in the mirror. But today, I feel he is a better man as I am a better woman for everything that we went through. And co-parenting is not that bad. <laughs> it's not that bad these days. Uh, he occasionally will speak in terms of some sort of reconciliation or that, you know, in the future we could possibly end up together and I have to immediately shut him down. But that's neither here nor there. He now is with a beautiful woman who I like. 
they just had a child so now my nanny has a baby sister and i did not have to birth her <laughs> gosh i have to share with you guys my birth story one of these days if you guys would like to hear it it is absolutely astonishing and amazing and it's something that was so traumatizing that i would probably never want to have a child through my body ever again uh, shout out to all the parents who adopt. Um, I'm about to join the gang, okay? So, you know, the next man that I find myself, you know, calling myself creating a family with, I just hope that he would be okay with adoption because, come on, save the children. 2020, this year was hashtag save the children. Children are in cages. Children are in youth homes and on the street. And running wild and they're hurting and you know how about let's put some effort into helping them out <laughs> before we bring some more children into this earth but um definitely do love my daughter I am so grateful for her she has taught me a lot she has grown me up and in another episode I will talk more about my parenting with her and how I've come into the conscious parenting technique this year and it's just been great i love it um highly recommend it but yeah guys that was just a scoop and a little wrap on where that poem has originated from and just a bit about me and what i've went through with my struggles of becoming who i am today and having to redefine myself because fuck society fuck the government you know fuck slavery fuck all of it you know we still have breath in our lungs and that's really all we need we have the power to change to change whatever we don't like about ourselves for the better i am all about positive vibes good energy striving to you know be more like my highest self and my best self at all times regardless so thank you guys for listening thank you guys so much for listening i would love to hear you guys stories on i would love to hear your you know what you guys thought about the poem and in what ways you could relate and you know what the poem could have possibly triggered in you you know definitely share that send me a voice message email you know all of that stuff and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day or night. This is Priceless signing out.